Hi listeners, welcome to Into the Known, a podcast focused on exploring the known within you. I'm Lisa, and my co-host is... Cindy. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the law of attraction. So Cindy did a lot of research on uh, sort of the origins of law of attraction. So let's start there. Well, actually, Lisa, do you want to go ahead and define the law of attraction for our listeners, for those that don't know? Well, the way I see it, the law of attraction is uh, like attracts like, right? So if you have a positive outlook on life, you attract positive things. If you have a negative attraction uh, outlook on life, you attract negative things into your life. Sort of the basic, my basic summary. I think that's a great summary of it, honestly. And I think all of the literature, all of the podcasts, movies, anything you read is going to kind of say the same thing. So I wanted to dive deep into where this thinking began and how it became so popular. And so I discovered that it comes out of a, a philosophy called the New Thought Philosophy. Yeah, the New Thought Philosophy language is super fun today. <laughs> and there was a man named Phineas Quimbley in the early, I might, Phineas Quimby, I might be mispronouncing his name, in the early 19th century, who talks about how all of our disorders come from the mind and that the mind dwells on bad and so bad things manifest in the body and then to overcome different types of ailments you just need to change your way of thinking and this is because he had tuberculosis and he found that he was doing really well when he was out riding a horse and there was all of this i i would say placebo effects going on perhaps and he actually doesn't use the phrase um, law of attraction. That doesn't come into favor until probably, I think it's the 1950s, 1960s. But his whole thinking that really underscores or underlines the law of attraction is that your brain, your mind is more powerful and your thoughts are more powerful than we give credence to. And so if you simply think positive things, po positive things will come come to you. And it's really in the last 15 or 20 years taken hold in the spirituality community. I think it probably took hold before that. Um, do you have anything to add to any of that? For me, looking at the law of attraction is that thoughts have power, right? So thoughts create ideas. You share an idea with other people and they agree with it. They, you know, thoughts can, these ideas can really influence the world. So it, that's sort of my synopsis of law of attraction is, is the power of the mind is really the the thing behind this i like that and so i think i think there's a lot to unpack here for our listeners and if you're cool with it i'd like to start just by talking about the secret because i don't think you can talk about the law of attraction without acknowledging the secret and the power of the movie and the book yeah i totally agree with you i read the book yep i watched the movie i didn't <laughs> read the book so in preparation for this, I rewatched the movie, which is currently available on Netflix. It's from 2006. It's an Australian-American collaborative movie. The movie did come before the book. Um, Rhonda, Br Rhonda Byrne, I think that's her last name. She is the author of the book and is given the most credit for the movie. The movie. <laughs> oh, man. So you take this concept of like attracts like and you try to put science to it. And first and foremost, we all can think of magnets. You need a negative, you need a positive, that's what attracts. So I went into this movie the first time skeptical, this time ridiculously skeptical. And this is coming from a woman who strongly believes in manifestation, who strongly believes that I can create my own reality, but I think it's more than just the thoughts. 
So in watching this movie and reading some of the criticisms to this movie, as well as some of the accolades, what I discovered is that there's a lot of language provided, but no scientific support. So for example, my favorite quote, and I'm not, it's not word for word, I am paraphrasing here, is something along the lines of, it's been scientifically proven that positive thoughts are a hundred times more powerful than negative thoughts. So of course, I went into psychology, I went into my databases, I did some Googling, I did some researching, I did some academic researching, not a true statement. And mm. in conversation with a friend, the response, who does intuitive work to a degree, was then why are negative thoughts easier to, to grab? Yes. Why does our brain automatically go to the negative? Right. Well, the law of attraction, according to the secret, again, we're looking at it from one specific perspective, is that you create your reality through your thoughts. And so when bad things happen to you, it's because you're not paying attention to your thoughts. And one of the biggest criticisms in regards to positive thinking is for people who have diseases and disorders. What happens when you get cancer? Oh, you had negative thoughts? That puts so much emphasis on the ability to have yeah. a thought. Right. And we'll we'll get into that in a little bit, a little bit more. But I just wanted to to point that part out. And then the other thing I wanted to say about The Secret, both as a movie and a a book is that it was really picked up by mainstream, right? Oprah endorsed it. It got all kinds of endorsements from different celebrities. And so it was really taken on. But if you actually watch it, and in a moment, if you want to talk about the book, there's no substance to it. It's mm -hmm. just these random statements by people that potentially have some credibility. Like they've got one or two physicists on there. They've got several life coaches, a couple psychologists, people that have their PhD or their MD or PsyD, they have these, you know, quote unquote credentials. But as somebody who has lived in that world, it doesn't always mean that you know what you're talking about, or you're taking your credential and applying it to a different aspect or industry. So I, I really had to dive into some of these people as well and say, like, do I think you're a credible source? And it really came down to for me, my biggest issue with the way in which the secret presents the law of attraction is that it puts all this emphasis on the agency of the individual, on our ability to create change in our life with no awareness of external factors. Mm -hmm. So in a laboratory, sure, we could potentially find some, some truth here, maybe if we're lucky, but then you take it and you put it out in the real world and I have to deal with housemates, family members, people I work with, people I teach with, students, and then it kind of gets a little muddled. And so for me, the lack of holistic perspective was is really my biggest frustration with the movie as a whole and their version of the law of attraction. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's really all about the individual. In It's kind of in a bubble, right? So it's it's just me and my thoughts and, you know, there's no other external influences on me at all. And I just have to control my thoughts. I think that's what I, when I was reading the book, that was sort of the, the thing that I was struggling with is this idea of, well, you just have to control your thoughts and make them positive and then you'll be fine. That's way easier said than done, right? Um, so I, I, I feel like it's missing the how. You know, how do you do that? How how do you sort of shift your way of thinking? And then also, like you said, Cindy, you know, you have to really honor and, and say hello to the external factors in your life that are affecting you. 
you know, it's not just you in a bubble making thoughts by yourself, you know, you are influenced by the world and the people you live with and the people you interact with every day. So, yeah, I think I was excited about the idea of it. But when I read the book, it, it was it was a similar take. Like I, I just was left a little bit empty. You know, it didn't really give me a tool or something that I could use to really bring change in my life. So two things are standing out in what you just shared. The first being this concept of the how. They do give very specific, I think it's three, let me just review my notes, very specific steps. The first being ask, the second being believe, and the third being receive. But it's not your job supposedly as the person to know how the quote unquote universe is gonna provide for you. Right, right. So for me, the lack of, of detail and instead these very large, ambiguous at best anecdotal evidence is not is not really helpful and again we'll talk a little bit about the the law of attraction outside of the secret we're really just kind of this is our, our starting point and then the second thing this whole control your thoughts so cognitive behavioral therapy offers a lot of techniques on how to change your thinking and there's a lot of great evidence about changing your thinking, capturing the moment that you recognize your thinking's going down a pattern you don't like, and then stopping, taking a moment, and readjusting. So there is opportunity that they don't offer us. My search for the truth within this movie, and then my search for the truth within everyone that talked about the law of attraction from the perspective of the secret, is that this whole how many thoughts you have per day gets thrown out there of being anywhere According to The Secret, it's about 60,000 thoughts per day. My research showed that the claims go from as little as 12,000 thoughts per day up to 70,000 thoughts per day. Again, academic, went in real deep here. I was like, where's the study? Who yeah. studied this? Right. How did you study how many thoughts? So what I found is that people are referencing, I believe it's the National Science Foundation, which is a government-funded organization that really just offers grants to other people if I'm understanding it correctly and we will absolutely put a, a caveat on the end with exactly what they do and everyone keeps referring back to them I searched their site through and through could not find any reference so either they funded research that captured the approximate thoughts per day per person or it's there somewhere and I couldn't find it. And I'm an excellent researcher. And so me not being able to find this, and I'm not the only one, right? Like when you read the criticisms. So those are things that need to be considered when you go to apply the law of attraction from the secrets perspective into your life. I appreciate your thoroughness and research. Thank you. <laughs> I'm more of a gut feeling person. Than <laughs> I go back and forth. I yeah. will. When it comes to things recently, I've started to integrate my, my gut feeling, my intuition with my academic rigor, and it's mm -hmm. really starting to serve me. Wish Good. I would have known that in grad school. Gosh. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we only knew then what we know now. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's kind of just my critique of the secret. Do you have anything yeah. else to add about the secret? You know, it's funny. I have a story. Um, I used to work for a retail company, and we were having a contest, and we were giving away gift cards like every hour. And, you know, no big deal. You sign up, you fill out a form, you throw in a box and there you go. So we're giving them away through the day. And this, we make the announcement that this guy had won and he comes in to the lobby to pick it up. And he said, I watched the secret and I, I manifested this. 
And I was like, oh, well, good for you. Good job, sir. <laughs> I know. So proud of you. So, I know, which I thought was so interesting, like, because I had just read the book maybe a couple of months prior, and I was really struggling with this whole idea of law of attraction. I don't know if this is real, whatever, whatever. And then that person came into my life and, and said, I, you know, I use the secret and I manifested this gift card. And I'm like, huh, well, maybe there's something to it. And, um, you know, it's not something to dismiss and think, but I think, you know, as we wander here in, into the known, it's sort of, you have to find your own answers about the law of attraction and what, what resonates right for you in this moment, in this time. So on that, on that front, let's kind of move into what, what I think we both see as the benefits to the law of attraction or this idea that your thoughts can create your reality. I think for me, I have to, I have to untwine the law of attraction from the concept that your thoughts create your reality. And what I mean by that is in my head, I strongly feel that my thoughts create my reality. It's how I understand things. It's how my starting point, like I can't imagine understanding the world from any other perspective. But I do think there is something to be said for a more loose or general understanding of the law of attraction. And I do think within that there are benefits like you just you just said about this man and winning something. So once you were done reading the secret, did you play with it? Did you did you put anything out there that you wanted to have happen? Maybe on a smaller scale cuz much of the quote unquote evidence provided are these really large claims like mm -hmm. Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul making, you know, uh, x number of dollars. I think it was 92,000 and some change when his his goal or his vision had been 100,000 then the year after that it was like a million so they're really large but what happens when we scale it back to the smaller things or think about our own perspectives yeah for me it, it took me a while to sort of try to apply it in my life because I was a little bit put off by those examples like the one that really sticks in my head was the author and she was talking about how she was starting to have trouble reading with you know, out glasses. And she, she said, well, I just, you know, applied the knowledge that I know about the secret and I, I don't have to wear glasses to read my book. And I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I'm going to um, call foul. Maybe. I, know, I know. I know. I think for me, it's sort of, you need to be able to envision where you want to go. Right. So in order to change your reality, you need to, to, be able to formulate an idea in your mind and then go after it. So it's sort of like creating a goal and going after it and then attracting the support you need to get there. I think that's sort of my take on the law of attraction. It's um, you don't have to go it alone <laughs> completely. <laughs> and um, it's sort of setting that first intention and, and then going for it. So for me, I can give you an example in my work life when things aren't quite going the way I want them to be, I sort of apply the, the theory of law of attraction, right? And I go, okay, well, this isn't working for me. I would like to either have more creative freedom or uh, more input on a project or something like that. And that's where I've seen the most benefit of the law of attraction for me, sort of changing my experience in my workplace. And then also, you know, I feel like I do it a little bit unconsciously too, where there's things that pop up in my life that I didn't think I asked for, but when I get them, I'm like, oh yeah, I really wanted that. <laughs> like, wow. Um, 
So I feel like you use this law of attraction on many, on many levels. You know, I mean, I just, this, this podcast, for instance, is, I never, you know, I didn't consciously manifest a podcast, a podcast with Cindy, but man, when it popped up, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want. <laughs> I, I think this podcast is a great example. So Wanderers, what you don't know is how long I struggled sitting in this podcast alone and recognizing that I couldn't do it alone, but not knowing who was going to show up for it and just kind of I, I kept it in the background. I held space for it is what I would say. But to put it in layman's terms, I kept the idea in the background. I had people constantly asking about it, but I just knew there was a piece missing. And so part of part of the amazing aspect of that is Lisa showing up and being like, so you're going to do a podcast and me being like, so you're going to help. <laughs> oh, wait, we're going to co-create this. This is going to be <laughs> awesome. Um, one thing you said, Lisa, and I, I want to kind of jump on is I think one of the biggest benefits if you are trying to apply the law of attraction or if you're looking at it and thinking about it is it gives you permission to think about what you want. Mm -hmm. It gives you opportunity. And I know when I was a kid, I loved cutting out magazines. Now I look back on that. I created tons of collages. I have pictures of my bedroom, which just had walls of collages, whether photo collages of friends or cutouts from YM and 17 magazine, way to date myself and sassy and all the others. But as I got a little bit older, probably college aged, I, I discovered what a vision board was. Mm-hmm. And I've since renamed it for myself to be a goal board. And only because for me, language matters and vision board really took the agency out of it, it took out my role in creating what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And what you were just describing with your own experiences at work, as well as this podcast, is you didn't remove yourself. You knew you needed support on something, you found a way to make it happen. And with vision boards, one of the critiques of the law of attraction I was reading was that vision boards don't hold as much weight simply because you are not really, you assume that the quote unquote universe is going to provide. And I have a lot of issues with that, but we, that can be a podcast for another day, another episode. (laughs) And so a simple language change of the goal board really helped me to break down these larger things of, I want to own a house. I want a partner. I want my PhD, like whatever it is and made them into something that was much more achievable. And so that's one of the benefits in my personal opinion of the law of attraction, but I don't necessarily think that it only fits under the concept of the law of attraction. I think we could see this in psychological terms. We could see it in cognitive behavioral therapy and the different techniques used there. I think we can see this in an array of places, but it does fall a little bit under the law of attraction. Have you done vision boards or goal boards? I have, you know, as an artist, you, and I think this is probably my correlation with law of attraction. As an artist, when you start, well, at least when I start a project, I always start with inspiration, right? I look outward and, find the things that inspire me and go, Oh, I love that shape or I love that color. I love that form, or I want to do something like that. So that's sort of in my, in my head, I sort of create a vision board of what my creation would look like and then work on it. And then, you know, it doesn't really end up exactly the way I saw it in my head, but you know, Hey, who cares? (laughs) If only Um, we could have that technology to project 
to project what's in our brain out in front of us, yeah. life would be so different. I know it would, but sometimes I'm happily surprised with the change. I'm like, oh no, I like that better. Um, but <laughs> so for me, I, I think it does help to visualize what you're, you're going for and what you're looking for and to look outside, you know, for some inspiration, but you then have to turn your focus inward and look on the inside for a couple of things, I think, you know, one, you have to create that thought of, okay, I looked at some inspiration. That's kind of what I want, but I, what I really want is this. So you use the inspiration to clarify your thoughts. And then it also requires your will, right? So it requires you to, you know, create the intention. It requires you to focus on that intention and it requires persistence, right? It's not something you can say once and then walk away. You just sort of have to keep, keep at it. Sort of like that goal idea, you know, you set a goal and you keep going after it. And then it also requires you to look within and to sort of check in and say, okay, is there anything in the way of me being able to attract this thing in my life? So there are limiting ideas or something like that. For example, uh, if you want to manifest, or if you want to attract more money in your life, but you know, you grew up in a family that said, oh, money's bad <laughs> or, <laughs> um, you know, people that are rich are, you know, entitled jerks or, 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 are, you know, like you can't have money because, you know, in our family, money is, you just don't, it just, it, you know, we're all poor and that's the way it's supposed to be. So it's, it's sort of, it's that look out, get ideas, clarify, look within, see what's in the way, and then find that neutral place that you can have it. And I, so I think those were the steps I was looking for in the secret was to, okay, yes, you set the idea, you ask. But you also have to do your part. Yeah. So I made notes while you were talking because I'm a dork. So two things um, <laughs> that jumped out. One, your commentary about wanting to bring in more money and to attract more money in your life. Um, there's this great self-help. I don't know that she identifies as a self-help self -help author. I just know that for me, that's like how I see her. Jen Sincharo, she writes, you are a badass. And she breaks down in a very intellectual but easily accessible way of understanding the law of attraction and then these blocks that you just spoke of. Mm -hmm. And she helps you to understand that you can actually be the agent in your future. And I think that's why that book has been so much more powerful to me mm -hmm. than, say, The Secret ever was or ever would be, because she also gives like journal prompts and thinking and like memory reminders and stuff and it's really cool so I just I want to point that out and don't worry listeners we're totally going to have a resource page for this of all the authors we're speaking of and, and links and everything but the more important thing you spoke of that I think is is really an interesting aspect is this visualization if you can visualize what you want then can't you obviously bring it about I think one of the best parts of visualization techniques, whether it's an exercise you do alone in a room or with a therapist or hypno hypnosis, hypnotist, hypnotist is the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, meditation. It's all good. <laughs> in a meditation class or with a friend, it lets you actually work through whether or not this is something you want, right? right. You put these things in fantasy. I want to be a millionaire, but do you really want to be a millionaire? Right. What, what are the responsibilities of a millionaire and what does it mean to be a millionaire? Or do you just simply want to have more wealth than you currently have to do things that you're not able to do right now? Mm -hmm. So visualization, super important. Um, 
a technique, again, I wish I would have known when I was younger. I think it would have helped me to let go of some of my own limiting beliefs or things mm-hmm. that I thought I wanted. And then now it's, it's the place in my life I can have permission to play and fantasize and think yeah. about. Right. That's what I love about visualization is just that you can, you can play around with an idea and you don't have to make it happen. You just sort of explore the options and wander through the idea and you know, it helps you shape what you really want and really, you know, check off the boxes. I want this, 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 but I don't really want that, that, that part of it. I'm a big fan of visualization. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So one of the challenges we've already mentioned is the lack of scientific evidence that supports the law of attraction. Almost everything is anecdotal and in the scientific community that does not equate evidence. Mm -hmm. And for me, the idea of calling it the law of attraction as though it's like the law of gravity, right? It doesn't set well with me. And I even went so far as to look at some of these law of attraction websites. And again, we'll include some links that shared their quote unquote, scientific evidence. And it was interesting. Um, I think it's the, uh, I'll, I'll include the link in the resources, but there was an, there was one website that talked about their quote unquote scientific evidence. But to me, everything I read was lacking. So they cite this one article that's an academic article and I think they misunderstood what the abstract was saying because I read Mm. the abstract multiple times. I didn't get the actual article, although perhaps I I should have, but it didn't, their takeaway wasn't the author's intended takeaway. Yay for academia. (laughs) (laughs) And yay for interpretation of academic information when you don't understand statistics. Mm. That's, that was my takeaway there. And then they say, there's another citation to this BBC article where this one psychologist takes people back to an era when they were younger and how it appeared that they were actually like their bodies physiologically were like returning to a younger point in time. And it's an interesting article, but it's in the BBC because the author and scholar didn't publish it in a reputable journal because she didn't know if it would be received well. And this was, Mm. I think in the, 80s maybe early 90s and now she's coming back saying like these are things we found and I'm like but you didn't include it in the original one so like Mm -hmm. why are you coming back now and also there's a psychological again the placebo effect like we think you're gonna do well in this situation we're telling you you're gonna do well in this situation oh look you're doing well in this situation so there's that factor as well and then a lot of the stuff they were citing was just theoretical Mm-hmm. And it was not embedded in anything, in anything real. And it's so hard because my scientific brain wants to look at that and go, well, this doesn't work. But I know with 100% certainty that I created my car that's out in my driveway right now, like right. in a matter of days. <laughs> right. So I, start, I, I share this so that our, our wanderers can hear that we struggle with this. We mm-hmm. struggle with understanding it as an intuitive or clairvoyant totally seeing it, knowing what it means, getting it and having our own ways of achieving it. But then looking at it from like a larger perspective of could I actually like create in a laboratory this type of experiment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. I was I felt leading up to this, I felt very torn on this one. I I really completely agree with you. Like my intuitive side says absolutely is completely possible to be doing this. But then the, the, the me that lives in the physical world and with all the physical realities are like, hmm, I don't know. 
not so sure. Okay, so the the other thing I want to mention. Sorry. No, go for it. No. The other thing I want to mention is this whole you can't have negative thoughts and why that's Mm. problematic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know somebody who feels this way? I can't have negative thoughts. That's their their mantra in life. I I have a few friends that well, I wouldn't say they don't have negative thoughts, but they don't like to go there. You know, they don't like to <laughs> acknowledge their existence or or deal with them. But I I feel like they're the, they're great teaching tools if you let them. So Please. I I worked for someone who knew to a degree that I did energy work, knew what I was doing on the side, didn't understand it, was incredibly invalidating about it because she thought she knew more, which I mm. let her have because the first thing you learn is that competition isn't your friend. Right. But she would go around and she'd say, I would bring up something that could potentially happen in my world. I live and start my space from looking at all potential outcomes when I'm making big decisions. And acknowledging things that can go wrong so that you're prepared for them right Mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm dating a guy and I want to text him and I don't know if he's going to respond or I want to push something I need to make sure that I can have the other side of like whatever that response is so I do my thought experiments my visualizations of like okay well if I say this and this is the response in all aspects of my life and I remember I would bring up potential problems. And she would constantly say to me, we can't, we can't have negative thoughts because negative Mm -hmm. thoughts is going to mean that it's going to happen. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, is that really your perspective? And it was. And I also had a friend when I was younger who was the same way. And I look at, I don't know much about my previous boss's life. I've had other people in my life who I'm, I'm no longer in my life who had this perspective. And I just look at their life and go like, I felt like they were constantly waiting for something to show up as Mm -hmm. opposed to like being in the moment. And so the first challenge I I take with no negative thinking is what you just said. It's a great learning tool. Right. It offers this opportunity to consider that not everything in this world that we live in and look around people, there's a lot going on right now out of our control is always going to be positive. And to think that the negative thoughts are going to manifest in the body as a disease, that one was the most challenging part of the secret for me is when they say flat out, if you've had a disease of some sort, you created it with your negative thinking. Okay, well, um, I, I don't know literature on in utero babies or fetuses and whether or not they have thoughts. I don't know Mm -hmm. that we could even understand how to go about that research, but that's not my job. But if that child is born, if that baby is born and has cancer, you're basically saying that a baby who's thinking we don't understand necessarily, I could be wrong. I'm happy to step back and say that we do understand how babies think or how fetus in utero thinks. But to, to say that is just such a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's that, yeah, that's a tough one for me. I like what you said about, you know, if you were going to text your boyfriend or your, the guy you're dating, and then you have to be prepared for whether he does text you back or not. It's, I, it's this idea of being neutral to having and not having, you know, which I think is, it's hard place to get to, but when you're there, then there's no effort in and that negative thought pattern sort of goes away. But, you know, thinking negative thoughts and having them manifest in your world, I don't know. I just think it's it's a different perspective on negativity than I have. 
I see negativity as a challenge to overcome or to change my perspective on, you know, if something pops up in my head, a negative thought, instead of running from it or ignoring it or saying, oh, you're bad, negative thought, (laughs) B-A-D, bad. Um, It's more like, okay, where did you come from? Why are you here? What am I trying to learn? What am I trying to shift in in my perspective of my life and, and how I relate to the world? So I think that was sort of a missing piece for me in, in the secret and the law of attraction is that negative isn't bad. <laughs> There's too much to be gained when we understand negative thinking and in ex- extrapolating what you said about having a negative thought, what happens if you sit with that negative thought and you learn that that negative thought you had that maybe you were told at six about your body is no longer true. And if you just, the moment you, you hear it in your head, go, oh, I can't, I can't deal with that. It's negative. You're taking away this opportunity to have growth and development. So Mm -hmm. it just, and then going back to like opposites attract and magnetism, to me, you can't just have the positivity, positive outlook without a negative awareness as well. I'm not saying you should dwell in it by any means. Please, please understand. I'm just simply saying there's more to it than just saying, I'm not going to have negative thoughts. Right. Right. And then passion. One of my notes says the role of passion in the law of attraction. So if you've ever met me in real life, if you've ever talked to me, you tend to know pretty quickly. I am a very passionate person. Not for long. Most of the time I have ADHD when it comes to passion. I'm like <laughs> super into something and then it goes away. I've got my own reasoning and understanding about why that happens. And I'm completely okay with it. But I think passion plays a role when you're trying to create things in your life, when you're trying to, quote, attract certain things into your life, end quote. I think we, I know for me, like my minor experiments I've done playing with the law of attraction, when I'm detached from the outcome, mm-hmm. that happen faster. Yeah. So I do yeah. work towards a level of detachment. It's not always possible, but I do think passion can obscure that detachment or you could put so much of your passion into a particular outcome that you don't recognize that there might be a better way for something to show up. Yeah. It's kind of like what I was saying in when I'm creating a piece of artwork and I see it so perfectly in my mind. I'm like, that's it, that's it, that's it. And then when I create it, it's not quite the same. I think you can either embrace that and go, oh, well, that's great. It still looks wonderful. Or you can get stuck in the passion and go, no, 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 it was supposed to look like that. You know, and you really get stuck on that picture of a picture that the passion sort of created in your mind and instead of being open to what shows up in your life you get stuck on it has to be exactly like this my passion is this and it has to be this (laughs) and if it's not somehow it feels like you're a failure right right Right. i walked away from the seeker earlier this week feeling like if i wasn't who i was and didn't have my understanding of myself I would feel like a complete failure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't see things in progress. And they do comment, and a lot of stuff does say, it takes time. It's not instantaneous. I had a previous teacher um, that we did vision boards for a class, and I emailed saying, how soon till these come through? And she's, and her response was, well, it just depends on how big it is. But then the secret tells you that it doesn't matter how big it is because the universe doesn't have a concept of, of size. Of bigness, yeah. <laughs> also, apparently the universe, which 
I, I can say, like, I don't understand why this is true, but I feel like it is true. The universe does, the quote-unquote universe doesn't seem to understand adjectives like um, size or, I don't, I'm bad with grammar. It might not be an adjective. But when you say you don't want something, it doesn't mm-hmm. hear the no. Yeah. So apparently the universe. Yeah. This picture of the universe as created by the law of attraction is quite a conscientious entity. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow doesn't understand the concept of no, which which is concerning, which is very, very concerning in a world of consent. I would like tea and only when I ask you for tea. Right. (laughs) That's awesome. I, you know, I have to say, I agree with you. After I read the book, I did feel like a a little bit of a failure. I was like, oh God, I should never have negative thoughts, but I have a million of them. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I haven't created the thing I wanted and I keep thinking positive thoughts about yeah, it. I'm doing something coming. wrong. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then one thing they don't address in the secret, maybe they do in the book, is whether or not you can attract multiple things at once. So mm. we are complex beings, mm-hmm. but every single anecdotal evidence piece that they offer is this one thing. Okay, so I have to put all of my energy on just one aspect of my life. I can't mm-hmm. I can't multitask my life. Right. Or can I? They don't they don't address that. I haven't seen anything in the law of attraction addressing that, I should say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can. <laughs> We're multidimensional beings. I think we can do this. <laughs> we don't have to Pers- do one thing at a time. <laughs> Personal experience tells me we can. Yeah. And and then one thing that's confusing about the law of attraction as a whole for me, and maybe maybe it's not confusing for you, is this whole idea of belief. So hmm. the secret starts out by saying, you don't have to believe in this theory, this law, I'm sorry, you don't have to believe in this law. I, when it's a theory of attraction, I'm like, okay, cool, I can super like be a part of this, it's a law, I'm like, I'm critiquing everything. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to believe it, because it's just there. So even though my housemate doesn't believe in the law of attraction, he is constantly the recipient of it. And then later they say, well, you must believe in it for it to happen. So Mm. is the belief only correlated with the positive things? And then Mm. when negative things are happening, it's because you don't believe in the law of attraction? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if a law is a law, like the law of gravity, it just is, right? You don't have to believe it just is. (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like hmm (laughs) but then if that's the case my housemate if he doesn't believe in the law of attraction shouldn't more things be happening to him or for him just out of the sheer potential number of thoughts we have per day up to 70,000 which somebody did the math and it's like almost a thought a second and then what happens for those of us like myself who think multiple things at once which you can do and I have done and there is research (laughs) supporting that I stand by it but shouldn't at some point like just good things happen to everyone and equally bad things happen to everyone if we really it's just too the belief part is really hard for me like Mm -hmm. where it falls and I think they're talking about two different types of belief and I don't think that that, that was my question. Yeah. yeah. Like, what does belief mean to you in this moment? You know, And this right here, this topic is why we have this podcast, right? We have two highly intellectual individuals who have amazing experiences and in intuition, energy work, clairvoyance, whatever language we want to use today. And we're questioning some of this stuff because it's ill-defined and mm-hmm. we're applying 
I will say academic rigor, although I, I think that's a gross overestimation of what we're doing, but we're applying this rigor to these concepts so that we can start to help other people understand you can have this, but you have to really break it down. And if all mm -hmm. you can have is that a goal board is going to help you, then that's all you can have. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's your growth and where you're at in your life at the moment and you know how much and what information will resonate for you in this moment and help you in this moment and i think that's what's to focus on i agree with that completely so lisa i kind of mentioned to you and i i'm kind of throwing it out to our wanderers i, I think we should do an experiment what do you think sure. let's do it so <laughs> there's this book called e squared nine experiments to show how energy works or something like that again we'll we'll share the link and I think we do a very basic, low-level experiment of seeing if we can, quote, have the universe, I'm going to say have my higher self, because that's my language, have the universe show us something between now and seven days from now that we wouldn't normally see. What mm, do you think? I like that. Yeah. And then we can share on the next podcast. I love it. That's what I'm thinking. Or we can add it on the other side. Mm -hmm. And Wanderers, we want to encourage you to do the same. What is one thing you would not visually see or know or hear, for those that may be visually impaired, in the next seven days that you would like? So when I first did this experiment, it was the middle of winter, and I wanted to see a ladybug. Because I just thought that it was the most random thing I could think of when I was reading it. And this is this is why it's hard for me to not say that you can't create your reality so a couple days go by i'd forgotten what my intention was i wrote it down like in the book or whatever on my notepad and i get in my car and there's a flipping ladybug on the inside of my car on the windshield nice <laughs> and i just sat there and i was heading to meditation i was actually heading to a women's class and i just laughed the entire 12 minute drive to my meditation center on how all I wanted to do in the middle of winter was see a ladybug. Now, maybe ladybugs do populate in the middle of winter and I'm unaware of that, but it was such a, a bizarre thing because the only time I ever see ladybugs in my yard is during the spring and then there's copious amounts. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I would like to see an owl, O-W-L. And I'm owl? not gonna put any sort of, it needs to be in this space or this kind. I'm just gonna say between today and seven days from now, I would like to, have owl an owl or multiple owls show up in my life i like it i like it and then i would like to see i've only seen this creature once in my 20 years here in california but it is a golden bee that has green eyes and it is the most beautiful fairy like bee i've ever seen and i would really love to see another one of those <laughs> awesome so wanderers we're gonna we're gonna report back in seven days uh on what we do or don't see and how that works out and we'd love it if you would share with us what your mini experiment was and how it worked out or did not work out for you and we're choosing something really small and measurable simply because we want to do this in a short amount of time and my experience with that book showed me that this was possible and if it doesn't happen you have to be okay with that and i'm okay if i don't see owls i'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater simply because i don't get my owl right agreed awesome 
Well, Lisa, this was a lot of fun and thank you for joining us. So that's it for this episode of Into the Known. And if you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, you can reach us at Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I at intothenown.com. And if you're ready to take that next step in following Into the Known, hit that follow or subscribe button for the podcast. You can find us on social media on Instagram at into underscore the underscore known, or you can search for Into the Known on Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, feel free to sign up for our free guided meditation to find an answer on intothenown.com. Until next time, wanderers, enjoy the wander.